You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to Precision Shooting Podcast. This is number 125, I think. Uh, and we are uh, we are all here again on a Wednesday evening. Uh, sitting right next to me is uh, well, I say right next to me. Sitting next to me, that was a little bit too generous. Personal Bronte. space, mate. Personal <laughs> space. How, how are you, mate? Yeah, well, I was okay up until about a minute ago. <laughs> then we got uh, got a bit nervous. Too personal. Yeah, that's all right. There's uh, there's more of that to come. Speaking of uh, more of that to come, there's Dutchie over there. Greetings, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Salutations. Mm-hmm. I was going to run with salutations, but yeah. I didn't think that you missed the opportunity. Listener group would understand what I was talking about. Oh, so you you know, all them. aspects, mate. All aspects. You've, is that uh, Italian? Is salutations Italian? I don't know. It is now. Yeah, a This aspect yeah. it is. Mm. And, and sitting quietly, waiting to be spoken to. So we'll just let him hang for a little bit longer. See how long it lasts. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> See how long and wait for the listeners to he's work really, out who it is. He's a really polite guy, though. So he could actually he could be sitting there for a while without actually saying anything. Um, which would be, I mean, it's not common to have polite people on this podcast. <laughs> if you think about our regulars, but anyway, uh, shall we? Take shall we? There's heart, been a polite you? person in here. Yeah, well, there is. Once. He's quiet. Who's that? It's the guy, guy over there. The one corner. that still hasn't spoken yet. We're about like three <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Well, here he is with the appropriate introduction. <laughs> Travis Harris. Happy Wednesday, listeners, and Rusty and Dutchy and uh, I was going to say Borny, but you're Bronte actually. The, the <laughs> All day. Well, well happy, happy Wednesday happy to Borny as well. I thought you were going to call him a ball bag. <laughs> Wouldn't be the worst thing I've been called today, surprisingly. Yeah, not in the last hour. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Probably the last 10 minutes even. <laughs> Fair. Oh, Travi, uh, you've been on the podcast before, so people will know you, p- perhaps, possibly. Um, but, Sorry uh, about that. Yeah, I know. I know. See, polite. I told you yeah. he was polite. It's, 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 and you're not from Canada, right? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, let's give it time. Give it time. Excellent. Well, we are we are we are a few days after the the PRS in Bucken, the uh, Ignition Custom Winter Classic, and uh, oh yeah, it was uh, winter in the mornings. But um, yeah, how, how's everyone's week? A couple of weeks been. All that sort of gear. Really Run. good. Yeah. Dravi's yeah. been good. Recovering. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> From that dust. Oh. We'll get onto that, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. We'll get onto that moon dust at some point. Uh, Bronte, have you been shooting, mate? I fired 20, you know, 32, row, oh. 30, 32 <laughs> rounds over the weekend at the, the competition and got 30 points. Oh, that's right. There was a comp. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good hit rate unless they're all worth three points a shot. Uh, one point point shot. I just didn't shoot the other three stages, which probably didn't help oh, my okay. final score. But I kept your personal round, personal hit rate up, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. Borrowing pin problems? <laughs> no, I was borrowing a gun and didn't have a gun for the other so three stages. But I, d- I didn't know the protrusion, so I just gave up. I'm like, no. <laughs> hey, I fixed that on the range, all right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the problem is Dutchie's got a long memory. <laughs> well, I've got yeah. a long memory for pointless things. <laughs> <laughs> Anything useful, I'll forget. By the time the conversation's finished, yeah, even yeah. partway through. Uh, what that's right. About again? Uh, we well, there was a club day at our club on the weekend, and that was our biggest club day by a long way uh, ever. There was 116 people out. That was over the weekend. Over yeah. the two days, yeah, yeah that's huge. That's the, I think the most we've we've done is about 80. Uh, so, uh, and what was really great, I bet, was that 12 of us 
who would normally be there and normally be sort of part of the core group, were all over at the uh, PRS match. So you were 12 um, probably considerable helpers down and you guys still smashed through helping out 116 people and ran two comps. Yes. Well done, Bronte. Not me. No, no. <laughs> don't, I think, don't thank me. No, <laughs> not me. Definitely not me. I think I was more of a hindrance than a help, but that's not unusual. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, well, that's all right. Any any particular stories? Any exciting things happened or? Uh... No, not really. No. <laughs> no, we just, I, I was waiting for him. Yeah, we oh. just sucked at practice school and oh, yeah. did not do well on that front. But apart from that, everything else on the Saturday. Went smooth. Went, went great, yeah. Once we actually got the competition started, mm-hmm. everyone seemed to enjoy oh, You wrote the competition, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, tell us more. How did that go? Yeah, it worked. Yep. Yep. No, it was, um, yeah, worked out all right. And there was, I think the hit rate for the sort of middle to lower people was, you know, above the 50%, which oh, is fantastic. what, which was the, uh, it was a lot easier than um, it would have been if it wasn't a come and try. Of course. Weekend. Yeah. Uh, I kind of had the targets that I wanted to use and I'm like, mm, <laughs> all right, that one that's three times the size, yeah, just use that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, for a lot of new shooters, it's going to be a better way to do it. Absolutely. And there was yeah. actually some really, um, really impressive efforts. There was one young girl with there with her father. Yeah. And she, in her squad of about eight people, she finished fourth out of the squad and like seventh overall, which was yeah, well, you know, really impressive. And it's her first time out shooting. Yeah, yeah. She did sensationally yeah, well. <laughs> They're the people you're jealous of. <laughs> <laughs> There's another fair few people that had been shooting for a while that are all kind of sitting a bit quiet when they saw the scores after. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but fantastic. Good to see new people in the sport, though. It's, it's yeah, fantastic. not wrong. Not wrong. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, we were, uh, Dutch, you're obviously just chilling out at home. Sure, we'll run with that. Yeah. <laughs> Good cover. Yeah, just there you go. I just got myself an alibi. alibi. Establish <laughs> alibis. Yeah, I was at home the whole time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Proof. Proof. It was uh, in a podcast. <laughs> they, never, they never lie on True podcasts. crime. True oh, crime podcast. That's not crime. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Uh, well, not shooting might be. Uh, anyway, over to you, Travi. Uh, you were hanging out in East Gippsland. Yes, yeah, so we made the trip over to the moon. You may as well say it. It was <laughs> dusty and it was far enough away. It may as well have been the moon. So, mm. no, it was a, a brilliant weekend. We sort of jumped in the car and what was it, made the 12-hour trip over to East Gippsland and, and did a bit of shooting for the PRS. So, some a bit of fun. Got to make some noise and um, and have, have a wild weekend, really. Brilliant. That's what we want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good fun. I took a little bit of a slower time getting over, but my back survived and got there and came back. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time. But no doubt we will get into some of the details there. But want a little shout out to Jake Simmons who ran his first match and uh, overall did Nailed a really it. good job. Yeah, really good job. So that uh, was good. But there's some more uh, more stuff coming up uh, in ten sleeps. We have, well, 10 sleeps from time recording, probably only a few few sleeps from the time that this goes up. We uh, have the Steel Slam happening at the club, which should be another opportunity. I, I know there's a number of guys who are going to be shooting that for the first time. Uh, to the point, we've introduced a new category. So there is a new category for that match called Fresh Meat. Fresh Meat. And, Dutchie. Uh, Doesn't at all have double and tundras. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, only, if you, uh, only if you want to give it some, but... 
Oh, also, I think we could give it at least two or three or four or five. <laughs> that, it may also come with its own. Anyway, uh, we're moving on. Uh, so the idea of the fresh meat category is uh, basically if you haven't shot anything above just a club level match or haven't shot a, you know, like a, a lot of club level matches, you automatically get thrown into the fresh meat category. I've only shot one club centerfire match this year. You've shot above club level. Ah, uh, damn it. Yeah, quite a bit. In one, fact, in yeah. fact, you've smashed it. Damn it. But um, it's worth a try. No, it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was never going to happen. Never going to happen. Uh, so the idea there is, yeah, hopefully you be able to encourage that. So I went and ordered some medals today, and uh, I have uh, oh, the other the other aspect of the because uh, we're covering them all. The other aspect of the steel slam is it is the first of the state of origin matches. And so I went and had a look at uh, a, a cup because my my requirements uh, for the trophy uh, for the Steel Slam State of Origin or the State of Origin was that we could drink out of it. So seems reasonable. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking at this one. Ah, oh, beautiful. And for a little bit of scale, it doesn't even matter if it's staying on back order because it'll be staying in South Australia anyway, <laughs> wasn't it? That's right. That's right. It's uh, it's pretty big. It's as big as your head, basically. So um, I think I'm going to go with that one or something very similar, something to that scale. I feel like something with a with a um, funnel and a tap on it would be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, you should be able to put a funnel on this one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, if you can't do well, what it beer bongs out of your trophy? What's the point in winning? Pretty much. Yeah. You could even do like I think that's whatever they do the ice hockey where they just add another layer every year. When are they? Ah, I guess the cup, the cup or whatever it is. Yeah, it just bottom. gets bigger and bigger and bigger. The bottom. Yeah. Well, I've done it wrong. Obviously, clearly, they don't have a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> you should be putting that... on the top so you increase the volume. Of don't the know, I don't know, mate. I've uh, I've played ice hockey. There's yeah, they're doing it right. <laughs> they're doing it right. There's only one way to warm up after a hockey match. Yeah, I think uh, they call that medication. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Canadian. Oh, I would it's number pain. imagine there'd be a number of ways to warm up after a hockey match. There's only one. Anyone? No. I think it involves liquid refreshments. Mm. Mm. That's the reason they got Canadian club. Oh, I think <laughs> post-match fight maybe. No, that's during. Oh, no, that's during. during the match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? No, you do that on the clock. Why that's wait why I said afterwards? Post-match fight. Yeah, no. To warm up after your fight. What? <laughs> <laughs> the follow-up. The, the, the blood follow will have dried and would start <laughs> to be going cold. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you want. That's what you want. Seems so, legitimate. still oh, slam Canada. <laughs> still slam is coming up. That's, that's, I think that's better. That's from most South Park, and that's all the only reason I know it. <laughs> uh, so hockey. still slam, still slam. Oh, hockey, Sorry. hockey. Yeah, we can. I mean, we can talk about hockey for a while if you want to. I'm sure our Canadian listeners. I've pretty well exhausted my exhausted your uh, information. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know about hockey. One aspect. <laughs> well, no, actually, <laughs> covering fighting, drinking. Hey. Oh no, three. Blood. Yeah, three Gretzky. aspects. Yeah, Gretzky. Gretzky. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I plan legging. Uh, what instigating? You get two two minutes in the sin bin for instigating, don't you? A fight. Uh, depends on the. There's league. icing. It's, there is there is icing on the cake. You're right. I know more about hockey than I gave myself credit <laughs> for. <laughs> well, we, perhaps we should uh, become the Precision Hockey Podcast. There you go. There, there you go. There, there's right. a market. Catch yeah. you guys. Sold. Out. <laughs> Look out, Canada. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let's get back onto it. So, Steel Slam should be uh, should be good fun. Going to try some some interesting stuff. So, in a couple of podcast time, we'll have a bit of a chat about that match, no doubt, and a uh, bit of a breakdown on on what it is and what we tried. That would be good. Uh, what else have we got to uh, to mention? Um, 
Oh, got a new project happening. Got a new project happening. And this is a little call out. If you are in Adelaide or can get to Adelaide or are going to be here for the Steel Slam specifically, but also if you are not and you know how to operate a camera and want to be involved in a shooting, a shooting video related, um, or in general, if you want to get involved in making some videos in Adelaide that are shooting related, um, we have a new project that we're working on that we would love to hear from you. So if you know how to run a camera or if you, you know, at least can point in the right direction, that's a good start. Certainly know plenty of people can't do that bit. Uh, get in touch, drop us a line and uh, we'd love to uh, have a little bit of help. We've got some some fun projects which we can't talk about yet. We have to wait till they're actually filmed and done, and then we'll we won't. I'm sure we'll tell everyone what's going on with them. So that would be good. But we need a little bit of help. All right, I've got a question here from the Precision Rifle Australia group. You guys ready? Ready. Sit down. Ready. Good. Uh, it's a common common question, but he's the Mighty Ducks. That. Mighty Ducks is. Um, yep. My Facebook memory post was about playing the Mighty Ducks. There you go. Ten years ago, nine yeah. years ago, however long ago it was played. It was uh, meant to be. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Um, right. Probably a very common question. <laughs> I've been anyway, by stop hockey. talking about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably a yeah. very Why common so question. But with the way PRS just keeps evolving, might be a different answer to previous years. If you're going to start out in PRS and wanted a cost-effective caliber with a good barrel life and readily available factory ammo, what would you do? 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. Yep. Yep, same it'd, for you. It'd, well, it would uh, have to be for, nah, for barrel life. I'd okay. go 223, I reckon. Yeah. yeah the faster twist uh, 223. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you're not going to set the world on fire, but you're going to get a lot of practice in. Mm. Uh, you're going to have a lot more um, barrel life and, you know, ammunition to practice with. Mm. Um, probably won't need a muzzle brake, but like, do they do a lot of 223s come from factory threaded? Some do. Yeah, yeah. some do. Well, there you go. Some you do. might even have a muzzle brake. Yeah, you have to run a muzzle brake just because you want it to be loud. So <laughs> yeah. You just need to be obnoxious. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> well, you can just make yeah. up for that and... Be obnoxious. Yeah, yeah, be obnoxious. Yeah. have an obnoxious personality ah. and run a quiet gun. That's right. Uh, oh, no, I just that's probably what I would uh, I would run. Two, two, three. What the quiet gun? No, two, two, three with a and faster twist and, and then be obnoxious. Be obnoxious. I can't. I can't help that. Just, <laughs> just comes naturally. Just natural. Well, you meet a lot of people on the range and you're like, oh, you know, I can't stand these people. Yeah, <laughs> you go to the wrong range, mate. Uh, look, I, I think. Um, PRS gets uh, just interchanged for PRS style and just PRS as well. I think if you were going to get involved in a club and shoot most of the club stuff and do that sort of gear, it's two to three in most cases. It's going to be great because it just keeps the cost down. You can get really good factory ammo. Uh, and your barrel life is going to be really long. And you can definitely shoot a bigger match with it for sure. Um, Only if you hate your spotters though. Well, oh, what if you do hate your spot? Yeah, no jokes. <laughs> Can't you make a good call? Can't you see I'm missing? <laughs> yeah. I think I think with the club matches we've got coming up and the, the amount of clubs popping up in Australia, though the spotters and the level of um, spotter quality will improve. So I don't think Certainly that's is. that's going to be so much of a deal in we're, sort we're, of six twelve months time. But yeah, yeah true. That's a good point. Yep. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with the six five at all. But let's throw some other stuff in the mix. Two to three. Anyone going to throw a three oh eight into yeah. the mix? Yeah, no. three oh eight. It's 
Well, it's a forgiving caliber, really, isn't it? You can load just about anything and it'll work and it teach you a lot about shooting. Because it's ballistically inferior. It's, it's so, well, that falls into the 223 category then, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. You were saying that, I believe, I don't know how many weeks ago. That two two three and three oh eight are ballistically inferior and they shouldn't be. No, oh, we were talking about categories, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I don't agree with having like a NATO category. Yes. Yeah. Nah. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So all right. Two on two two threes, two on six five creedmores. Yeah. Anything else to throw in the mix? Well, you, if Maybe you're looking two, at two four three. Uh, two two four three. Oh, I probably wouldn't if you um well almost finished my first season, I'm almost out of my barrel already. So it's it's not really for, yeah, okay. for barrel life and for mm. cost effective. I mean, the the factory rounds are only what a dollar sixty each here in Australia. So because I did see two four three mentioned in this discussion on the group, and you are the are you the only bloke running at least on a regular basis two four three in the PRS? I think so. Yeah, there was yeah. one. There was another one there on the weekend, and there's yep. a two four three AI as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, me, I'm, I've run at every match. Uh, what have I shot three PRS matches and a couple of um, service rifle matches, and yeah, like I said, the barrels on its on its limit this year. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's probably cost of. I mean, the the ammo is pretty cheap, and it's it's good. You can get nice factory loads for it that are going to shoot well. But can't get a lot of good factory heavy sort of mm. stuff, no. can you? And no, not heavy. And not usually ideal. No, the factory that's factory. the limiting factor. Yeah, the one in ten right. twist is not great. I mean, yeah. my experience is yeah. eighty seven V maxes is about as good a projectile as you can get to stabilize. Mm. Um, I think ninety grain Lapours will, but. Yeah, they be, are better. I wouldn't argue that, but then how much better versus the eighty-seven is yeah. not much. Nah, that's really that's yeah, what I run. The cost and availability. Yeah, eighty-sevens are pretty handy. Exactly. That that'd be the other argument, probably against the two-two-three as well. Is the the lightweight projectiles? It, I mean, we only stretch out to five hundred meters on but, most ranges. Yeah, here, you but get the what's that? The sixty-nines. Yeah. yeah, you get a sixty-nine grain comfortably in factory loads easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no, was it OSA or OSA ADI? Yeah. Same, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not too bad. Then. Yeah, no, it works, works. Yeah, that's why I said the fast twist ones because yeah, otherwise you come up against yeah, that. One, one and eight, or mm. yeah, I think one and eight's pretty readily available in factory rifles these days in two to three. If you track them down, you can get factory loaded eighties and eighty-eight grainers as mm. well. So you, you can get all that stuff, and but. Yeah, if you buy a how or something, yeah, one in eight's a, a common to, to see. So, but I guess the I mean, the question was about PRS. Is mm. where is he just starting out and not necessarily wanting to? Because I guess you've, there's probably not too many people in the top ten are running a two to three. Well, that's their loss, isn't it? They're <laughs> <laughs> compensating you know, for lack of skill. You're right, but unless like your name's any, Travis or or Andy or David or something like that, um, most guys aren't going to start out in the top ten either. Yeah, fickle. So, you know, gonna, the guys who are in the top 10, most of them, not all, but most, this isn't their first season. Yeah, and fickle. the guys who are up there, who it is their first season. Uh, cheating. Uh, cheating. Cheating. Shh. Yep. Yeah, performance and <laughs> Especially <hard>. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, that, it's, yeah. the, it's the hair. <laughs> no, it's just. It's the, a little bit like, you know, the, that's the great Samson advice he gets here. It was the, the Loctite, wasn't it? No, no, it's the Samson and Delilah. It's the hair. Shave the hair and he'll fail. I'm 100%, sure of that. 100%. He's got to shave his head. Uh, for the finale. There you go, Dave, if you're listening. No, he's got to <laughs> razor it. Oh, yep. Not just shave Full like, chrome yeah, dome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And with okay. a buff. Probably a skin graft yeah, as well. We, that's a slap head, isn't it? <laughs> if you razor it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, we could, we could slap know. Skin head. heads if you use the buzzer thing and then slap heads if you razor it. <laughs> to make a different sound. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Not going to disagree. Uh, yeah, but so sounds like no. Please confused. disagree. I don't All know right, what you're I'm wrong. talking about. Yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I just invent stuff on the spot, you got to call me out. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, if you, Alex, I think that's. Um, you know, I saw the conversations in there, and and some some guys talked about not being able to get six five Creedmoor ammo. Mate, every, every gun shops I go to here locally have always got pretty good stuff on the shelf. So. Um, that's always been pretty easy, but yeah, it, it depends if you if you're shooting club level and a fair bit of club level with the odd match in on the the series, then mate, two to three would do the trick pretty well. What, what's uh, just on this topic though? What is Go. the availability of six mil Creedmoor factory ammo? Is that getting more readily available, or is it still? Well, it's not getting less readily available, but it's not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. that would, I, I'm quite a fan of the six mil Creedmoor. Yep. Um, but again, you'd probably burn through a barrel pretty quickly if you're doing a lot of shooting. Yeah, well, I'd suggest um, your six mil barrel is not going to last as long as a five, uh, 6.5 in a Creed. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's all right. That's the thoughts. That's the thoughts. Uh, we did have a message back from the gentleman who was asking about shooting a night match. Um, let me bring it up here. We we covered off. Uh, a Did you of call him the German or the gentleman? Because through my my, I think my headphones are cutting out a little bit. It sounded like you said the German. Oh, and you've got a you've got a translator on your headphones. Ah, yeah, yeah. It mixes everything with like a slight German accent. Yeah, there's nice. only one yeah. German here at the moment. Yeah, so oh, I got the Canadian ones. Do you want these? <laughs> no, not particularly. I'm You'd learn more about hockey if you put those. Yeah, on. exactly. It's like I'm being yelled at all the time. <laughs> That can be arranged too. Christopher, uh, he got back uh, to us about he was the one shooting the night match and wanted some information for it. Uh, Thank you for your response. I really did enjoy the episode. Low expectations, this bloke. Just to let you know how it all went down, the targets were well lit, so seeing them wasn't the big issue because we talked about, you know, whether you had to spot them yourself or bits and pieces. The hardest part was waiting for the hit indicators to stop flashing so I could send another round down range under time. Bragging. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> 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 just it was such a problem hitting targets. Yeah, I, I hate it when I hit targets and have to yeah. wait like oh, oh, so smack, inconvenient. Oh, smacking it it's, again. You've got to miss the first nine and hit the last one yeah. so it flashes past you finishing the stage. It's <laughs> killer. My illuminated reticle worked great when it was actually working. Uh oh. Need to get that sent in once the season is complete. That doesn't sound great. Anyway. Uh illuminated reticle, I think we all mentioned that. About using one of them would be beneficial, and certainly, apparently, it did when when you had it. Um, mm, so uh, that that's the that was a call from Chris. Be Thanks for getting back to us. Be interesting to find out what he, 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 uh, issue he had with his reticle. Um, Wasn't working. Not, not lighting up, or was yeah. it just cutting out during stages? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it would be sucks either way. Know? I wonder if he used like I'm just channeling the Captain Morgan's. I wonder if he did like the pirate patch idea to, man, to save his night vision. Uh, didn't, your idea, didn't mention it. Didn't mention it, and uh, that would have been quite impressive to get photos <laughs> of. Yeah, it's oh, funny well. you should mention that. I actually went and looked for the pirate patch after that, and <laughs> I have found my pirate patch. <laughs> it's got, a, it's got and, a skull and crossbones on it, and everything. And given Giddy that we're drinking, up. given that we got rum in front of us, why didn't you bring it? I forgot until <laughs> just then. <laughs> okay. I, I, I found time. it, but I'd, next yeah. time he's I'd, been preserving his day vision, just wearing it around the house. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll run with that. Why not? Uh, all right. So, um, uh, just on that, oh, do you sorry, know on back. International Talk Like a Pirate Day, if you go into Krispy Kreme, if you go into Krispy Kreme and go, ah, they give you like 
six, six free donuts if you order some. Is this one of those podcast pranks where you're just like putting it out there and hoping someone will do it? I'm hoping – how many listeners do we have? Like three. 15,000. Oh, I'm hoping 15,000 people bombard Krispy <laughs> Kreme and go, Arr, Arr. can I have me free donuts? And then <laughs> – you're gonna have on Star Wars Ex- Day. Excuse me, excuse me, sir. <laughs> gonna so have talk I'm like gonna a have to ask you to leave. You're like the fifteen thousandth person today. <laughs> <laughs> I like how all of our listeners have gone to the same Krispy Kreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's probability. <laughs> <laughs> so, if any of our listeners do work at Krispy Kreme, can you confirm this or, or deny it for us? That would be really good to know. Preferably before the nineteenth of September. That would be uh, that would be beneficial. It or just leave it hanging. We'll Sounds, build the suspense. Yeah. Oh, I think it's no, worth, us, worth we, the effort. Yeah, we won't let anyone know the answer until Oh, yeah, after, I get it. I get after. it. Yeah, we won't yeah. be broadcasting that. Yeah. Oh. We'd like to know. Oh, I see. I'm new to this radio thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Technically, it's podcast. Well, radio would probably be going out right now if it was. Uh, anyway. Nah, not the radios I use. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's, he's still not the, the, the shortwave. Yeah. Cr- ham radio. Yeah. Speak to your mates in ham wherever radios they Ham radios. Ham. Ham. Tasty. Mm. <laughs> We've lost him for about 15 minutes now. <laughs> I was just thinking of the glazed ham we did the other year. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> I was thinking of glazed donuts from uh, Krispy Kreme. All right. Uh, anyway, the uh, the weekend just gone held the uh, second Ignition Custom Winter Classic over in uh, East Gippsland. Have, have Bronte and, and Dutchie, you went there, but have you ever been to East Gippsland? No. Oh, on a regular basis. Oh, I'm a... Basically, my second Gips, home. Gippslandian. Oh, East Gippsland. No. East. Well, never, east never been there. Or West. Never been there. Yeah. Yeah, no. Normal Gippsland. I'm sure you've been to many times this year. Yeah. But not East. I think I've been there once. Okay, good. Good. Well, Travis, this is your story. third trip there, isn't it? Uh, it is, yeah. 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 And and tell us a little bit about the location because it's pretty stellar. Oh, it's a magic place. It's um, it's probably on the edge of the uh, Victorian high country, isn't it? It's right on the sort of the bottom edge between the, well, at the bottom of the hills basically. Um, yep. And you drive into town. It's basically in in a bit of a valley, um, surrounded by big green grassy hills and mm. sort of farmhouses all dotted around cows and cattle all around the hills it's just a beautiful little place and so. deer and deer as well deer. plenty of deer um i remember Goodness. leaving the finale last year and almost hitting a deer at four o'clock in the morning on the way out do you remember that <laughs> you sounds like a missed opportunity okay. it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> i uh i we had to wait for the indicator to settle before he hit it again that's right ah is that what it was <laughs> that's yeah. what it was no, it's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful little town that it, it's an idyllic country, Australian town. So I, I think I've nearly hit twelve deer there, so I just I don't particularly remember. The, yeah, remember one? They're no, just there, they're everywhere. Yeah. yeah, actually made a point this year of not driving, uh, dusk or dawn or or, or at night. Um, one, I didn't need to. Two, I definitely shouldn't have. And um, and three, uh, it worked out great. <laughs> Smart move because it was really foggy in that valley in the mornings oh, as well. It wasn't it was, just. Uh, yeah. But you climb on top of that and it's just a, a white town basically disappears, doesn't it? So mm. uh, pretty nice. Yeah, beautiful spot. So cold in the morning, but uh, during the day we end up with sort of 15 to 18 degrees. Uh, nice and nice and oh, beautiful weather yeah. to be shooting in. Most certainly. May trace uh, really nice and easy to see. That was, uh, the, I warm. think, the one comment from the weekend that stands mm. out. Everyone was calling out the beautiful trace. Like you could just oh, watch so it from one side of the range to the other. It was really, Who's really trace? cool. Who's Trace? She sounds Any, hot. Anyone. She sounds interesting. She does. You <laughs> could just watch her from one end of the range. Everyone was calling her out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just Damn it, I missed a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely see when you uh, – you could see Trace when you missed and you could see Trace when you hit. Like yep. 
it was, oh, hey, it was hey, a nice hey, comfort. No hidden all, trace. All day as well. All day, you just watch it. Like There wasn't any You could trace appearance. all day. Trace all day. Yeah. Jesus, she would have worn out at the end of it. <laughs> Overused, really. Overused, that trace. But We can edit that out, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, there was all sorts of... Uh, all sorts of Interesting things. My my probably most interesting part, which is going to be a bit disappointing for the PRS, but my most interesting part was the drive over. I got a, uh, I saved a podcast. Let's put it that way. I, uh, I saved a podcast. So uh, I was driving over and I'd, I'd driven out on the Tuesday night and stayed just outside of Horsham, just slept in the van. And then the next day I was driving, uh, driving into Ballarat, had breakfast in Ballarat. And then on my way out of Ballarat, uh, Jake called me, uh, Jake was the match director for the match and he said, oh, look, I'm going to be home late tonight, not home till about 9.30, Now I was meant to be staying with Jake and he, he said, is that still okay? I said, yeah, no sweat, mate, that's fine. I've got plenty of things I can do on the laptop. Easy done. So I continued to drive on for those who know Melbourne, Ballarat's an hour and a half out and then I was about another hour and a half out the other side. So sort of about three hours later, did a couple of stops. So it was probably four hours later. It was about maybe... One or two o'clock in the Arvo. Jake rings me again. He said, oh, I, uh, I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to get home tonight. I'm, I'm way, working way too late now. I'm just going to pull up at my, my brother or brother-in-law's place or something like that. And I said, okay. He said, I'm sorry to stuff you around. I said, oh, that's right. No worries. I'll get a motel somewhere and uh, it'll be fine. Yeah. I've got plenty of things to do, like podcast to edit, for example. So anyway, I'm like, oh, that's all right. And I'm driving along. I'm going, hang on a sec. I smell Badco. The Hunting HQ boys are out here somewhere in this part of the world, in the in Gippsland, somewhere in the high country. I know they're on a hunt. I know they've got a pub night tomorrow night somewhere in this area. I'm just going to give them a call and see what's happening. So I, I rang, uh, rang Badco and said, hey, mate, uh, what's going on? And uh, he said, oh, we just, you know, bashed three left-handers and now we're sitting in the pub just chilling out. Oh, fair enough. That's that's life in, uh, in your world. <coughs> One of them is Simo. And so... I said, "Do you guys want to go for a? Uh, do you guys want to go for a beer, or what are you doing tonight? I'll come have dinner with you." Um, anyway, worked out that we were about an hour and a half away from them, and so I I progressed towards the Hunting HQ boys uh, to hear the stories of whether they got deer or not. And I don't know if that podcast has gone up yet, so I, I won't commit one way or the other. Anyway, and then I got a call back about fifteen minutes later saying, "Oh, oh, just just are you are you able to pick up some parts for us?" I said, sure, what's what's going on? They said, oh, the reason we're, where we are where we are is because our car died uh, coming out of the higher country. They drove somewhere they weren't meant to and they tried to get out of somewhere they weren't meant to and it went south, the power steering rack fell out and the tyres cambered over and, uh, yeah, it was not a pleasant sight. Whoops. Whoops indeed. Whoops, Whoops indeed. So anyway, uh, I said, well, tell me where it is and uh, it turns out I was about 20 minutes away from it. Uh, some Facebook ad with uh, the parts they need. So I went off and did that. Apparently that saved about $3,500 um, being able to do that. So I rocked up but there. But that's only pocket change for Greg though. Uh, no, this is this is the rum baron. Oh, okay. Fair cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It's a lot of bottles of rum. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> bottles of rum. So they were very kind and put, gave me tea and paid for rum and put me up for accommodation. So it was uh, it was good hanging out with those lads. And so we uh, we kicked back and uh, certainly smashed some run. And I think we just listened to Rodney Rude for the night, which is not the worst way to um. I've, I've said Rodney Rude, and no one within fifteen seconds has done the laugh yet. Well, you didn't want to be rude. Well, let you finish <laughs> the story. <laughs> 
that's part of the deal. Anyway, so that was uh, that was an what, what exciting. Rodney Rude? I, I I don't know. I didn't want to be rude. And There's ask. so many good ones. I don't, I don't know. We 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 had a selection. Yeah, we probably nice. had three or four hours worth. I so. like the one about Pol Pot when he gets <laughs> gets all sad, becomes an alcoholic, and he's like, they should call him Piss Pot. Seems appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That don't work without a laugh. Anyway, it's not. So, me- I don't. <laughs> you I, I wouldn't. You I just, don't think he was trying to be funny though. I think he was being quite serious. Yeah, he's talking about his favorite favorite yeah. thing. Yeah, I think it's a legitimate yeah. topic. <laughs> so it's quite amusing to uh, catch up with those lads and just out of you know, out of uh, a change in plans to uh, end up at the pub drinking rum with the rum baron and the other lads from the, there. So make sure, little plug for Hunting HQ, make sure you check out their podcast and see whether they got any deer on their big wild uh, high country trip where they ruined the car. They got a new steering rack. Did they get a deer and that's why the steering rack's broken? Because you said you'd it's nearly like that hit heavy 12. that it crushed. No, you said you'd nearly hit twelve on the road. Oh, yeah. That was further on. That was in Bucking. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. implying they couldn't shoot once they just run one over. <laughs> hey, whatever works, mate. <laughs> Not that they could. Nothing wrong just... with a two-ton projectile. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, for work. Just trying to fill in gaps of this story. <laughs> well, we have to leave a little bit open so people go and listen to their podcast for their side of the story. Yeah. So it'd be really good if we just like said whether they got a deal or not, and then. Beeped over it. <laughs> oh, well, they definitely got. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, so that was getting over to Bucking. So uh, Jake, Jake Bailing on me worked out worked out great. Worked out great. And then I came into um, I came into uh, where is it? Bandstow, and stopped in at the, the booze shop to you know buy a buy a bottle to keep ourselves amused. And it was twenty percent off scotch. Oh, it's all huh. coming up rusty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's all downhill from there, though. Yeah, well, yeah. it was actually into yeah. into Bucking into Buc- or downhill. Well done, well played. Nailed it. Well played. So uh, this is uh, yeah, it was it was good. Another match. That's amazing. Saves a day, free accommodation, and then twenty percent off Scotch. Scotch. Oh. You you just walking on sunshine. I pretty much was, yeah. man. I pretty much was. Didn't hurt my back. Yeah. Underpants yeah. on the outside and all, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, on my head. No, even better. <laughs> I was a bit later that night. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it was twenty percent off. I'm like, well, yeah. if I'm like five. That's basically a free one. <laughs> <laughs> Can't turn it up. <sighs> Can't deny it. Uh, so, Travi, what was your favourite stage, mate? Oh, that's what a was your favourite stage. Very, very good. Do you know my favourite stage? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it was, um, oh, what was the Wobble Platform stage called? I've drawn a blank on it. <laughs> Captain only be- Phillips. Captain Phillips, only because it was just hasn't been used for a while and it was it was there. It was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of emotion because you'll have a look at that Wobble Platform and you go, oh, I know what this can do to a shooter. Um, and it was just just fun, just just a fun little yeah, stage. Yeah. Like nothing it wasn't outlandish a about stage, it. Was no, it? it wasn't complex. It was just fun because it, it really tested you. It, Made you sort of calm down and and relax and focus on your shots. So yeah, yeah. Another I, I had another fun stage was the completely. No, I just said what was your favourite stage? Well, I'm going to go too because I want one with a bit of movement as well. Right, we're going to run over rule time. breaker. Oh, rule breaker. Rule breaker. He went from polite to breaking the rules. <laughs> yeah. right, you're in, not from Canada. In no. 40 minutes. What kind these of Canadian do we headphones. have on these? People? Clearly across the border. <laughs> I think it, we're a bad influence. Oh, I wouldn't say he that. He was so polite. He wouldn't say a word. Now he's breaking the rules. <laughs> Fine. That's how long it takes for us to destroy it. 36. There you go. Yeah. 36. New record. I reckon we can do the better, though. I reckon we can do it in about 20 minutes. Righto. Get into it. Maybe next episode. Challenge accepted. Oh, what are you going to steal my book? I've had a couple of sleeps since then. Like a couple of short sleeps. I'm going to tell you my favorite stage. Just one, though. 
Just one. Only one. Well, now he's setting the rules. <laughs> Whose podcast is this? <laughs> yeah. Someone's going, welcome Jeez. to the Travi Harris show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm top 10 in the PRS. Uh, and welcome to the, my podcast. Uh, all right. So my favorite stage was Run, run What You Brung, which Travi didn't like. Well, I wasn't because I only got three on that stage. So well, it was, it was rubbish, that one. You got <laughs> so, so this was a stage where, uh, and it, uh, the reason I like this is because it worked with its in, within its intent. So there was a, like a cargo net and the cargo net was about knee height off the ground approximately, depending on how tall you are. And the idea was there was a, you had to shoot uh, unsupported prone, or no, no bipod prone. Uh, you had to shoot with your legs seated, but with your legs facing forward. Okay, so you couldn't sit on your feet. And then you had to shoot over a barrel, but you couldn't utilize the barrel as a rest. So these are all sort of positions that are uncomfortable where equipment and gear is beneficial. Yeah, tripods and big bags and all that sort of gear. But you have to, the gun would start on the line and you would have to crawl under this, uh, this cargo net with all the equipment that you wanted to use. So if you wanted to use gear, you had to take it with you. Uh, if you wanted to use it and you didn't take it with you, you couldn't use it. So mm. it was a, it, it would. Could you throw the gear over? No. no. Had to had to drag it with you. Go under. Had yeah. to drag it with you. So what? The, one of the reasons I really liked it. One, they were they were good shooting positions. They were challenging, but they they were made easy with the right gear if you could set it up quickly. And it was interesting to see guys' approaches with how much gear they took under. Uh, there is a video of Andy on our on our Facebook where he, he just he ran through it like really really well. Travi got I took a photo of Travi going going through. He got through it pretty well. But you, you did see guys who just didn't take anything with them and just went for it and then just tried shooting and they shot poorly. Uh, and then you saw guys, uh, Andy was one and, and a couple other guys who did really, really well, who uh, set up their tripods. Their tripods was the, was the key uh, and a bag was, was good, uh, but they had to deploy it quickly because it's a two minute stage and surprisingly it was, uh, yep. yeah, you had to be, had to be hooting along that. How'd you get on that one? Uh, I don't know. You got three. I only got three. Yeah. Well, where'd you go wrong? Well, the whole you stage missed. really was <laughs> a miss. Yeah. No, yeah. where I went wrong with that, and a couple of people I think had the same issue, the um, the prone stage uh, or the prone position. So you yeah. had to shoot your first three shots ideally was from a tripod basically, like sitting um, but not resting yeah. on your knees. Um, that was okay. I just missed a couple of shots because I just did, you know, how it goes. Um, I but the, no, actually, we don't. We always hit. <laughs> yeah, no, you would. Yeah. It's easy. Um, <laughs> except when, you, when you're rushing. When you're rushing. When you're rushing. He's trying to trigger the, the soundboard. It doesn't all. work that way. It's yeah, not voice activated. It's like a Manchurian trigger. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the problem I had with that, um, yep. well, not with that stage, but with the uh, the prone shooting position, my, uh, my projectiles were hitting low for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Um, whether it was a bit of mirage or whether they were sort of impacting a bit of grass on the way through because it was it was quite a bit of grass in the in the scope line um, because it was <laughs> so I I don't really know they, they were they were quite low and a couple of people used, had the same issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good point in the water there was no water. <laughs> uh, we've alluded to this video in about seven episodes now. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're, we're just going to play this episode now. Uh, this is a YouTube video from a, a – you, you, if you look hard, you'll find it on YouTube. But uh, this is from, uh, from, from a particular company and Travi shooting grass. Um, from water. It will make sense in about a minute. Shooting stick. Now, 
these guys, these are a must. Especially when you get to my age, a little bit shaky when you shoot. These are available. They expand from one meter up to 1.8 meters. Simply just pull it out, turn it a few times, and it will lock into spot, and it's then done. Now, they're great if you're shooting grass. <laughs> Simply undo that bottom, push that in, I'll bring it up a bit closer, push that into the dirt or grass, it's not going to slip out from underneath. You're shooting on rock, leave the rubber there, and that's a non-slip rubber. Also, this part can be unscrewed if you don't want to use that, you just push that straight into dirt, water, whatever. <laughs> now, I've seen these guys out there for people selling them up to $100. Why, I do not understand. This is the exact same product, same quality. Um, yeah, I just don't get it, why people charge that sort of money for something so simple. Um, these are imported by us, True Adventure Outdoor product, like all our other gear. It's quality, quality, quality. Um, we're the direct importers, wholesale direct to you guys. No, so yeah, uh, we, we don't know what it was. A couple of guys in our squad had the same issue, just a projectiles running on shooting grass. Yeah, um, but again, it's not it's not an excuse. It's something I should have picked on uh, or picked up on. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's sort of. I think a, a couple of shots I couldn't explain from the weekend. I don't know what was happening with those, okay. and it just sort of it just went wrong, and I ran out of time trying to trying to make those corrections. So, but that's uh, life in the PRS, isn't it? That's right. Sometimes and at least you, you were you didn't have Ben Jarrett's problem. No, did you see that? I did hear about it. I didn't yeah. see it. No, he was in another squad. So, so Ben Jarrett, Long Gun Project. Uh, I was was filming a fair bit of the PRS for uh, you know for his channel, and uh, I said, uh, "Do you want me to film you?" Because his, uh, his girlfriend was there filming, uh, for him, but you know, she was you know, sort of standing back a little bit. And I said, well, I'll stand in front and, and film you belting your way through the, uh, through the cargo net. How about I stand there with the camera? So he gave me the camera and so I'm filming. And anyway, so I'm, you know, doing, <laughs> doing that. He's, he, he raced through, it was fine and shot, shot really well, both positions. And then got to the one where he had to extend the bipod out, extend one leg. No problem. Extend two legs. No problem. Then extend three legs, and now it's gone. <laughs> the third leg was was gone. Yeah. So now he, he can shoot. It too far. Now he can shoot grass as well. <laughs> he's, he's now got a bipod because uh, he took one of the legs off um, unintentionally, and he's like just staring at me like, "What? What just happened?" And I'm like, "Put the damn tripod down and pick up the gun and shoot, mate." Yeah, like you at least. You've got more chance of hitting it if you pull the trigger than you do just standing there staring with a bipod. Statistical um, truth. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think he was playing out for the camera for his video. And, uh, uh, anyway, I spoke did, to him Did afterwards. anyone get stuck in the net trying to get through? Yep. Is that just too much of a... <laughs> My bag like, is that. No, but like stuck for the whole two minutes. Like, no. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Just floundering what? around. <laughs> floundering around. And in people the like, is he serious? Should we help him? Or? <laughs> no, definitely not. Is he really stuck? <laughs> Probably, but still don't help him. Uh, I liked it because it was uh, it was a physical as component to it, but it wasn't a hard physical. Like it wasn't. Uh, everyone, everyone did it. Everyone. Yeah, but someone was really awkward. Yeah, so it was plenty of around. Everyone gets tangled up. Yeah, it's plenty of awkwardness. I would laugh Absolutely. so much. So, yeah. and and Jake put had put little branches and stuff on there, so you know there was uh, there was more interference. Yeah, uh, I shot a similar concept stage of having to crawl under the cargo net at the match I shot in um, New Zealand. Oh yeah, and 
from what I heard, at the start of the day it was about knee high, but because it had been raining during the day, it all kind of like collapsed. So when it come to our squad going through to shoot, it was basically landing on the ground. And you had to start behind the net and crawl through the net with all your gear, including the rifle, which yes. was quite a um, – yeah, it was good fun. It was – Nice. Because, yeah, you had some of the guys that – you know, there was a strategy that worked well, which was basically hold the rifle between your legs, pretty much stand up at a high crawl and yeah, okay. that worked. But way through. if you didn't do that, there was lots of things to get caught up on. Mm. Like, your, you know, your hooks and your boots <laughs> and you name it, everything got caught. Well, and Andy was complaining that the net was a bit low, so I put one one of the corners down to the ground for him. Well, that's good. That's, yeah. that's a so pretty I legitimate said, response. If you're going to complain... Well, it's going to make it worse. You could have made people crawl through that with their rifles as well and um, nobody would have been able to shoot the stage because that dust was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there has never been finer dust anywhere ever, I think. Character or challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll back that challenge, I think. Yeah, no, <laughs> That good was luck. Uh, horrible dust. Um, what, was, what was amusing is the guys would you know, be laying down on that particular stage and then they'd go to shoot standing up and you just watch the dust Fall off them under recall. Awesome. It was uh, it was good. So anyway, what was your your second favouritest stage that is you you only had one option for? Well, my second favourite stage again, well, something a bit different because we haven't done it before was mm -hmm. the completely left-handed stage. Oh um, yeah, which that, was cool. I was so glad I didn't have to shoot. Oh, then. that was that was a, an eye opener. Um, it really was. So you, so while he's looking for it, uh, they were yeah. You know, we often do support side shoulder, but only often. It's only enforced that has to be on the shoulder. Jake enforced it, swap eye, swap hand, everything, everything support. But why wouldn't you do that? It's far quicker. Uh, trigger control. Um, far just, quicker for yeah. me. Yeah. Really? I yeah. See, some guys do it the, the way you're talking for about. For me, I feel equally as uncomfortable shooting left or right. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. my In fact, my left eye is better than my right eye. So if I'm actually shooting for groups yep. or want to really – Small. You change your trigger hand? You no, man, I just shoot everything left-handed. Like, yeah, swap, swap trigger hands. Yep. The only thing I still run with my right hand is the bolt because yep. it's on that side. There you go. Yep. But everything else is, yeah, left-handed. Many don't. Many don't. So Jake enforced it. And, Good. Uh, Good on him. Said, I oh, support yeah, Jake's decision to enforce it. I love the fact that he did it because I didn't shoot it. Yeah, no, it was it was brilliant. It, like, it really tested a lot of people because for that exact same reason, a lot of people shoot with their their normal trigger finger and just just use their left um, left eye. But did they have to cycle the bolt with the left hand? Because that would have been a dick move. No, no, they didn't go to that extent, but it may as well have been. Um, no, it was it was it was definitely a, a good skill to to test on people. And and the fact that they actually did it from a barricade in that particular stage as well, it wasn't. Um, there was a couple of uh, yeah. opportunities where it was used, but we had prone and a barricade in this one and. Mm. That took it to a whole new level. So yep. it was good fun. caught a few guys out. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly did. So um, I think the yeah, the stage was you had to 12 rounds um, and you had to alternate between prone and the barricade as well. So two shots prone, two shots barricade and back and forth. Oh, so there was a lot of movement. Yeah, and right. You know, I'm assuming to, you didn't oh, have a huge amount of time either. No, uh, 100, it was 120 seconds, so two minutes. It wasn't It wasn't a lot of time. No, it's doable, really. but this you know, 10 second shot with movement isn't yeah. As well as you complete, Being uncomfortable complete and not offside what you as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it was it was good. There was a lot of um, yeah, a lot of ingenuity on the barric um, on the barricade. Just I guess getting your gun in position and, and keeping it rock solid on the barricade was the easiest way. I made the silly mistake of taking a tripod and pretending I could shoot using that as a rear support. Yeah, well, yeah. there was a lot of tripod use this one. I was just gonna, I was just gonna, let's just let's get a, an extra guess in here, um, and uh, and just see because we had a uh, we had a lot of tripod. 
a lot of tripod action. Yeah, it, it was actually good because I think um, we've had tripods in previous matches, um, but this match a lot of people were a bit more comfortable with it, um, so they, they actually had a, a good presence and, and worked quite well. So yeah, well, we, we, one of the things we've we've dropped a lot of uh, we've dropped. Hello. Hey, Andy. How's it going? We're we're, we're good, mate. Welcome He's welcome to the podcast. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, it might be that's so presumptuous, polished. mate. That's so presumptuous. <laughs> And Dutchie's just lost lost the fact that he's just worked out how phones work. I no, no. It, it, have you seen The Simpsons where it's about Australia and he goes, I'm going to speak to the Prime Minister. Hey, Andy! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, 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 yeah, yeah, I don't really pay much attention. <laughs> <laughs> Shiny objects in the room, <laughs> gone. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, Andy, Andy Little joins us uh, from, from far and far away. Uh, and uh, mate, we're just we're just recapping a little bit about the uh, winter classic that you uh, you you did did okay at. Yeah, yeah, no, awesome. So what's uh, yeah, what's the go? What's uh, how'd you go with a tripod? Do you regularly shoot with a tripod? Um, I've played around with it a little bit. I wouldn't say regularly, but I've practiced a little bit um, at home with it. Um, but that weekend was the first time using it as a rear support um and other than that just been yeah watching youtube clips on how they do it on the um in the states using tripods and and did it go all right for you yeah i think i think for the most part it went pretty well um just need to remember to tighten up the bull head otherwise it sort of flops on you and then your gun pulls off the top of the tripod but yep. um yeah, other than that, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, nice. Because one of the things that we've we've shied away from is to enforce lots of you know sort of tripod sort of gear. But the main reason has been because uh, you know it's an expensive port, sport to get into. A lot of it, and early days you'd see like one or two dudes that have a tripod at a match. Yep. Whereas now you've got uh, you know how many how many tripods do you reckon was there, Travi? Oh, there was heaps. There was three, four, five 15, in a squad, probably. Yeah, 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 fifteen tripods, and so for someone to borrow one was, it wasn't like you were hammering one tripod all weekend of some poor bloke who was too generous and and said yes to everyone. Whereas you know, just one or two guys use a tripod over the course of the weekend, and and everyone got a chance to use one if they wanted to. You could certainly mm. tell who'd practiced and who hadn't. Speaking of who yeah. hadn't, Andy. <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to say, Andy, you mentioned um, using the tripod as a rear support. That's the first time you've done that. Well, in, in competition, did you practice that at home or had, how did you find that getting into that position? Um, yeah, I found it pretty easy to get into position. Um, yeah, once again, I'd watched like a really good tutorial video on how to use them as rear, rear supports and the sort of process in which you set up um, to use them efficiently. So, yeah, Who's pretty much. Whose video was that, Andy? What video? Whose who's video? Yeah. Um, it was on, I think it was like the NRL page, like in the States, where okay. they do, uh, like they'll do like stage breakdowns and stuff like that. Yeah, um, right. okay. We'll, we'll try and dig yeah. it up and put the link out there. Yeah, and they, they, just, they just showed, it was one where they compared someone who hadn't used a tripod before versus someone who had as a rear support. And, um, you could definitely tell the guy who had used it before, he had like a, a full process, which was tripod goes down to your right-hand side, bag goes on the barricade, rifle goes down, pull the tripod up, settle in, and then you just repeat that for each position. And, yeah, obviously it worked out pretty well. 
Excellent. No worries, mate. Well, thanks for letting us test out our uh, ability to make phone calls during the episode. This is, I mean, very quickly, this is going to become prank calls, but uh, we thought we'd use it usefully for the first one. Seems like a oh, yeah. first use. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if you get private number calling about you know nine o'clock on a Wednesday night, probably don't answer it. Well, nine <laughs> o'clock probably all right. It's the later ones you'd probably want to <laughs> so after about like ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it when, goes downhill fairly quickly. Once the dimples kicked in, it's uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the dimple <laughs> goes south. So. No worries, Andy. We uh, we will talk to you again. Uh, we'll probably have you in the studio next time. Yep. Yeah. Sounds good. And congratulations on your win, you schmuck. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, guys. He's still out partying. That's why he's not here, isn't it? <laughs> he's doing bucking. Yeah, he's in, he's in jail. <laughs> this is one phone call oh. for the week. <laughs> That's right. All right, mate. See ya. Cheers. Thanks. There you go. We we can we can make phone calls. It's turning closer and closer to radio. Uh, one thing that I I uh, enjoyed the benefit of with uh, Jake being the uh, match director is I was able to do a lot of live videos. Uh, which was um, beneficial because I know we had a lot of guys watching. We had somewhere over the weekend about seven or 8,000 people watch the videos, which is um, nerve-wracking. But anyway, we... It's an appreciable we, uh, number. It's a, it was a good number. Uh, it was a good number to have Crispy lots of people involved. Cream is going to cop it. I <laughs> 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 don't know what they've done. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> so uh, let's, um, let's make sure we, 19th of September, get into it. Anyway, the... The ability to be able to put that information out there and, and watch stage breakdowns and uh, I, I did stuff up. I was gonna I was gonna like you know go through the scores and see who was doing really well on a particular stage or anything like that. And the two stages I decided to do that with without really paying attention to them. I just grabbed the iPad and said, "Oh, what have we got in here?" They were the two stages that nearly everyone cleaned because they were sort of fairly easy stages. <laughs> so that was a little bit disappointing. But anyway, uh, next time I will choose stages that got some more. I mean, they're probably. Two out of three stages were like that, and the rest were all quite, you know, yeah, challenging. Was, yeah, there was a lot of um, very sharp variation between the stages. Was yeah. Good, so. yeah, so uh, anyway, so that was good. So we shall continue to develop that. Hopefully we can do that up in Biggerton. Yeah, which will be uh, good. More of that. More of that. You're not going up to Biggerton, are you, Trevi? No, sir. Uh, I thought about it. There's a couple of spaces available, but, yeah, I don't think yeah. I can muster the time off that quickly. So. At this point, there is three spots left. So it's nearly there. I think uh, I mean, haven't, haven't done the batch in Biggerton, but the, the Bucken match is very unique. It's probably the most social of the, the PRS matches, mainly because everyone has to stay in the same town because there's nothing else around. And there's only one place to go in the town, which is the pub. And so everyone's at the pub all, all the time. And uh, we were talking about before that you pay $10 or $11 for what we're drinking here, a Captain Morgan in a, in a, uh, a can. Or you pay ten dollars for an imperial pint of CC and dry, uh, so yeah, it's um, it's a e- world economics will sort this problem out v- very quickly. Mm. Resolve that. Mm. <laughs> mm. Plus, yeah, we all wanted to feel like <laughs> hockey players. Yeah. It was cold enough, so Brian, Brian yeah, had a thought there, and was that a self-censored? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what editing's for, though. <laughs> All right, all right. We can't get it out of him. <laughs> Clearly it was a real bad one because he says most of them. <laughs> yeah. All right, excellent. Well, I think uh, I think we shall uh, wrap that one up quickly there because uh... – Nah, spill the beans. <laughs> spill them. If we're, if we're ending, we're not ending on, oh, no, I can't say that. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. 
To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics.